0: You're listening to Solar Insiders, a fortnightly update on the ins and outs of the solar industry and what it means for consumers, with Renew Economies editor Giles Parkinson and leading solar industry veteran Nigel Morris. Solar Insiders is brought to you by Clenergy, who provide innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Sunwiz, Australia's leading service provider to the solar and storage industry. And Solar Analytics, suppliers of intelligent solar monitoring.
1: Hello and welcome to this latest episode of the Solar Insiders podcast. My name is Giles Parkinson. I'm the editor of Renew Economy and One Step Off the Grid and, of course, the EV website of thedriven.io. And joining me is Nigel Morris from Solar Analytics. And um, how are you, Nigel? Just fine. Thank you, Giles. It's been a busy day.
2: Awful lot going on in the market. Um, South Australia dominating my
1: world at the moment. But, um, yeah, really good. Thank you. Oh, fantastic! You can tell us why South Australia is dominating your market at the at, at the moment. Um, in in mm. in a bit, but look, um, I I guess we should um look where the the sun is going down. But um, as the sun was rising this morning, um, I think there's an awful lot of eyes watching what Elon Musk was um, about to announce. Um. My understanding is just about half a million people on his um, live stream webinar, um, and um, a couple of hundred people sort of sitting in the um, sitting in their Tesla cars, like driving in the car park. In the what car park, amazing scene that was. Yeah, that fantastic. was great. Fantastic. Great. Oh, it's just fantastic. Yeah, no, just amazing. But look, no million mile battery, um, but um, a fairly significant, um, a fairly significant announcement anyway. I agree with you, mate. I,
2: I, I actually think, you know, particularly in these times, uh, coming out with an announcement about such an incredible innovation, in, in fact, an incredible number of innovations around the very heart of not just batteries, but how to build a battery, how to build a battery factory, how to build a better electric car. You know, they were really, as as he said, they were going back to first principles on so many things and kind of uncovering all these interesting opportunities that had just been kind of ignored by the traditional automotive industry to some degree. So, um, yeah, I found it really, really fascinating. And, you know, as usual, some some terrific stories and, and you know, headlining. Geez, if they can get the battery, uh, the, co- the cost of uh, energy stored in a battery down by uh, their claimed 56%, um, you know, away we go, Giles, away we go. And uh, let me introduce listeners to the mute button.
1: Yes, thank you. And that was the mute button. Um sponsored by we're not really too sure who, who at the moment, but um yeah, look, I'm it's a shame actually because I made a massive faux pas instead of calling it, um, our my energy minister Angus Taylor, I called him Angus Technology, but it must have been a bit of a um a faux pas because Oof. Angus Technology. Well, no, let's call him Angus Technology because I mean, it's kind of you know that's, that's what he's all about. But it seems to me and he must be absolutely delighted that um he, Angus said, he,
2: Technology pre-1900,
1: I think, or something like that. But his <laughs> he's Technology cost-takers, I think, have already been met. Elon's, Elon's done it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Elon's, unbelievable. Are, I mean, Elon's yeah. already there. How depressing, how depressing that, um, that EVs should be, like, ranked as a second-order priority behind things like carbon capture and storage and hydrogen and soil carbon and stuff like that. I mean, look, you know, uh, quite unbelievable, given the opportunities that are there, and I think that's kind of what is sort of underpinned by um, Tesla's... Um, look, you'd call it vision because they sort of started off with the context. Why are we doing this? What are we trying to do? We're trying to get rid of fossil fuels. We need a whole bunch of storage. We need storage for the grid. We need storage for um, electric vehicles. We probably need about 10 terawatt hours each um, a year. So that's about 200 terawatt hours over the next sort of 10, 15 years or sort of 250 terawatt hours. It is absolutely huge. At that. And so Tesla it's is bewildering. thinking, well, it's bewildering. And Tesla's thinking, well, we can't do it at the rate we're going. So they just thought outside the box, and they've just sort of worked out. okay. We're going to redesign Just ramp
2: everything up by
1: 10x, guys. Come on. They're going to to redesign the battery. They're going to redesign the battery. They've changed the whole sort of process for silicon. It's now going to be treating um, raw silica. They're changing the whole process for nickel. Um, They've decided to mine their own lithium with their own new process, which just basically just adds salt, and all of a sudden you end up with lithium from these sort of clay deposits in Nevada, and they just sort of stick it back where where they found it. Um, that that on its own
2: is 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 a revelation right if they can if they can work out how to extract lithium in the way they're talking about so innocuously and inertly and and wonderfully and just wonderfully wonderfully simple that's just you know that in itself is is uh, quite astounding
1: yeah and it's really interesting so so tesla's Tesla stocks have been going for a huge run recently and but the stocks that haven't been doing too well have been um, some of the other battery stocks because now Tesla is only going to outbattery its battery suppliers. So it's kind of taking the <laughs> lead and it is so far ahead of its um, rivals, which is one reason why it's now valued at five times um, the, um, well, is it five times or is it double the combined value of all the other five big um, car makers in the world? I mean, it's just extraordinary for a company that makes a fraction of what they produce, but now has ambition to make 20 million. Um. Really, quite interesting. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt about the vision. I mean, of course, you know. And I saw a couple of. We. I was
2: exchanging a few emails early this morning with other people uh, uh, around what it really meant. And and of course, one uh, one young gentleman down in Melbourne uh, emailed me or, or contacted me and said, you know, so what's the timeline? There's always a timeline. And of course, you know, what he's talked, what he talked about today was what they're going to deliver in three years. But in typical Musk fashion, Tesla fashion, you know, they're 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 painting this roadmap for and building this amazing reputation for innovation, and um, you know, it just gets people excited. It gets me, excited. I was excited. I thought it was amazing.
1: No, it was pretty. It it was it was pretty amazing. Um, some interesting news in the Cybertruck. Um, the big one won't be coming to Australia. We'll have to get a smaller version, yeah. um, the Wolverine one. That was that's, sort of kind of interesting. That's comforting
2: because I did the I did the sums and I couldn't fit. <laughs> I couldn't fit a, a Cybertruck in my driveway. It's too small. So uh, that's good news for Australians. That's interesting.
1: There you go. And there's um, the twenty five thousand dollar vehicle, um, which um, someone dubbed the Model Two. I don't think it's been called that. Model Two is not too bad actually. No, I don't, don't mind that. So smaller be it'd be a smaller version, a cheaper version. With full self driving and I was fascinated by the fact that um they've been going down the full self driving thing. They've been promising a lot of th- lot, a lot um, of, of timelines which they haven't quite met, but they just kind of worked out, oh, it's not quite working what it is, so they just went out and just they've just rewritten the whole damn software package yeah. and we'll be coming at the beat, I think, at the other end of the line. I mean, I just it's just amazing. I mean, you kind of think of um I think of Tesla and I think of, you know, the people um, at, you know, at the consumer end, but geez, it's just extraordinary um, the amount of effort it uses, is, and, and the I, and I think I, yeah, overlying all of this is it shows you what's possible, mate. I mean,
2: goodness me, you know, can we just reinvent automotive manufacturing? Yeah, sure. Can we just reinvent the, ba- the way the batteries are batteries made, or the way we mine and extract silicon, or can we reduce the cost and complexity of of a manufacturing uh, line by sixty or seventy percent, uh, can we completely reinvent the way we deposit materials onto battery anodes and cathodes? Um, yeah, we can. We mm-hmm. can. And so, to me, it was just so wonderful to see. It's it's such an inspiration. Whether you like Musk or not, it's not the point. The point is what he and the rest of his team are doing is absolutely pushing the boundaries of what's possible and actually showing you can do a whole lot more. There's a ton of opportunity out there and you just have to be prepared to think big enough. And, um,
1: you know, that's super inspiring. And then we get the federal government here just sort of saying, oh, no, batteries don't work. <laughs> Maybe ten or fifteen years, you know. Um just all these um guest people. But um anyway, um I I banged my head against the wall. Now look, one of the interesting things, of course, Tesla doesn't just do electric vehicles and batteries, it also does solar roofs and things like that. It's got the um the, the solar um it's got the sort you know, the, the standard solar panels and it's got also its solar tiles. It was Mm -hmm. interesting, Musk, at the start, um, or maybe it was in the AGM part, Now it's all a bit of a blur, um, was talking about how Tesla delivered the cheapest solar in the US, and I think he quoted it as $1.49 or what. It's cheaper than that in Australia. I mean, how come it's so much cheaper in Australia?
2: (laughs) Oh, this is uh, is a topic dear to my heart, you know, Australia... um, uh, uh, Australia has the cheapest solar in the world in the distributed energy space by far, by a mile. Now, of course, there's rebates and various other things that come into play, but um, traditionally the compliance cost in the US, uh, the cost of getting through regulations and rules and all those kinds of things has been uh, materially higher than it is here in Australia. Um, There's also a really interesting... um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's really interesting to look at the way the American... Solar industry works in that they sort of built in some profit, and uh, and and in Australia, how dare they we have such? Yeah, they have. We have such slim margins. You talk to anyone in retail solar in Australia, margins are incredibly slim, and the competitiveness is ferocious. Uh, American solar retailers, by contrast, have really done some work to protect their profits Uh, so they've kept their margins higher Um, and um, so yeah there's a there's a really significant difference between the cost of solar in uh, in the two countries Um, but his $1.49 figure from memory that wasn't for the tiles that was for what looked like pretty standard panels going on. Oh no absolutely yeah absolutely Yeah. Um,
1: yeah and and you talked about the you talked about the crunching margins in australia and um, we've talked um, in recent podcasts and uh, recent episodes uh, about the troubles that many um you know sort of quite established companies have found themselves in and some have even collapsed what's the latest you're hearing out there what's the um how, how's it all going and um we might use that as a bit of a launching pad to get into south australia too but but just just broadly um what's the state of play now in the industry
2: Look, as usual, you know, you've got all sorts of state dynamics at play. And of course, Victoria is, you know, a a tragedy in front of our eyes, hopefully going to end rather soon. Uh, because of the positive signs around um, low COVID numbers, which is, you know, we've all just got our fingers crossed that everyone can get back to work and do what they want to do. And South Australia's got its own challenges and Victoria have just made some changes. And uh, so, you know, uh, but but by and large, the numbers would suggest that the industry continues to churn on, uh, particularly in residential solar. You know, a lot of people are still working from home and, you know, now getting one or two or three power bills in since they started working from home. So the market's pretty strong uh, in general terms. Um, a segue to an interview that we're hoping to do with a Victorian business owner. I was on a call the other day with a very esteemed group of industry peers, and um, we went around the table, the virtual table, so to speak, and asked everyone how they were doing. And we listened to this very... <sighs> sad story really about a solar business that had gone from employing 34 people to being, you know, decimated by what's happened in Victoria. And that's like all businesses in Victoria, I'm sure. But it was, it was really sad. So we're hoping to have David on to chat about, um, you know, what that's been like. Um, So certainly for some extremely, extremely tough out there and um, South Australia. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness.
1: South Australia. Tell us about South Australia. Now the last we heard was that they'd actually identified some of the um that identified some of the um appropriate inverters and a couple of agents, of which I think mm-hmm. um your company is one of them, which is why you're all wearing dark glasses now. And um <laughs> what's the <laughs> <laughs> you just got my
2: campaign angle for me there. That's awesome. We're Agent, all going to wear dark glasses. I love
1: it. <laughs> Agent Morris. Um, yeah, Relevant so Agent it's... Morris to you. Relevant <laughs> Agent Morris. <laughs> yeah. I'm not too sure what that yeah. means. Not, not irrelevant. That irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yeah. Irre- oh, okay. So what, what's happening there? Because I think the um, it, it all happens on September 28th, although effectively it's kind of already happened anyway because um, – um, all the rules apply to installations from August 10. But um, what's the latest there, Nigel? Not night?
2: Not quite. No, it applies to not quotes from August 10, technically, but from from uh, from twenty from the 28th, which is only a few days away, it's Monday, um, uh, from the 28th, all installations must comply. And I literally spoke to an installer uh, yesterday afternoon who said he spoke to the powers that be and said, uh, no, there is no grace period, there is no goodwill, um, we will not let you switch the solar system on unless you are fully compliant on Monday. Um, so, um, amongst many other things, what that's done is caused our phones to absolutely ring off the hook, um, with people saying, cripes, um, I sort of knew about this, but can you just explain all the rules and how we're going to solve this, please? Uh, so we've spent spent uh, certainly the better part of a few days fielding an awful lot of phone calls from people saying, have you guys got a solution for this? Luckily, we actually hosted a webinar this morning with um, with two of our terrific partners and made a pretty substantial announcement on the back of several other uh, uh, newsletters and stuff that we've sent out about an entirely new service that we're delivering um, to satisfy the requirements of the South Australian market, and and you know, in a nutshell, Giles, you have to have a compliant system. So you have to have a system that's capable of doing certain things. That's down to the inverter manufacturers. They they're listed. So choose your relevant hardware. To choose the appropriate hardware that's listed. Is it ticks the first box. The second part that you have to do, they, do is you have they, to. No, deploy-
1: no, just to just, yep. just stop there for a moment. So, have, have, have the number of um um uh, approved brands been expanded since, say, a week or two ago? No, it hasn't changed much, actually. Uh oh, okay. hasn't changed much mm. at all. So, the list uh,
2: the list is very dynamic. You sort of have to keep you know, checking it. And indeed, the rules are fairly dynamic. We saw, well, saw the rules a are dynamic, too. Oh, night. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: What, yeah. what on? Yeah. An important
2: <laughs> one. Just... Little... Well,. <laughs> Potentially, yes. It was around the communications reliability issue that's been on the top of everyone's tongues. And in fact, the official information that was due to come out yesterday still has not come out. So we're still waiting on some more clarifications there. So, you know, the the rules are still being refined. Um, But but yeah, there are a list of approved inverters.
1: Okay, you better get onto the agent bit. So the agent is basically this is this um, is a is name of an organisation, including yours, who you've got to nominate because they will be the ones that will deliver the command from the market operator that um, solar panels need to be switched off. Now, now tell us exactly what's happening there too. I mean, sort of give us a background on that, and and I'm just. And, I'd like to get some clarification. Are they just stopping the exports or they just stop or they're just going to switch off the solar completely? I presume it's just the exports back into the grid.
2: Well, that's a really good point, uh, point actually, because there are, of course, a number of ways you can do this, right? You can you mm-hmm. can use a smart meter if it's got a relay in it and just go whack and turn the whole solar system off if there's a signal sent. Um, so that's a, a very low cost, but f- a fairly crude way of doing it, to be frank, um, mm-hmm. because the consumer may have some load that could be self-consuming that energy and they don't get to take advantage of that if the meter just turns the whole solar system off. Um, mm. So that's one way of doing it. Then there are third party devices that you can jam in the middle um, that sort of do some of those control functions. They take the signal, they send signals to inverters or, or, or whatever else. And then the third way of doing it is communicating directly with the inverter. Um, for what it's worth, Giles, we've, we've made a big announcement that we're going to the latter and uh, we've partnered up with the uh, one of the largest the most bankable inverter company in the world, Sungrow. who, and mostly because they've been so fast, they've been so transparent, they've been so open and they've been a really terrific partner, and they've said, yeah, you can control our inverter for us, no worries. And yeah, why don't you give consumers a really nice interface? So that gave us the ability to say, hang on, we're now not just a monitoring company. Our dream has come true, Giles, and we're now actually starting to move into the control space. So in South Australia, what we'll do as the relevant agent, it will control the inverter. But we won't just switch it on and off. What we will do is we'll be able to do that more intelligently, especially through the more advanced dynamic export control so that we can ramp the thing up and down. We can maximise the savings for the customer so that these impacts are minimised. And of course, at the same time, you've got to give them access. You've got to allow them to see what's going on. You've got to tell them what's going on uh, in advance, hopefully, all those kinds of good things. So, yeah, it's, it's, we're actually had a big webinar today that's online. If you want to understand the regulations and the rules, we did a summary on our uh, on our webinar of how those impacts affect solar companies and indeed solar owners. And then um, uh, one of our uh, very, very early uh, solar analytics um, uh, founding uh, staff members, the, the wonderful John O'Dore, our head of R&D, has spent literally days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks Unraveling hundreds of pages of rules and regulations, and created a, a, a relatively summarised white paper on the issue, which is also uh, going to be available shortly. So, if you really need to dig into the detail and where the exclusions are and the inclusions are, um, there's all these different scenarios. It's really, really complicated. It's no wonder people are confused. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, we're we're super excited because now, so I'm, so I'm I've started writing a blog for you, Giles, that you're going to get in the next day or so on this topic because. Bloody hell. Yeah, well, because smart grids arrived, whether we like it or not. It's here. We're now, we're now moving from being just a solar system that sits there and does whatever it wants to do to a solar system that dynamically adapts to the needs of the network. And that may mean more solar power. It may mean less solar. It may mean all sorts of things, right? But this is where we wanted to be because because what that means, Charles, and this is the best bit of it all, is... We're material. We're absolutely unassailably material. We can help stabilize the grid. We can help deliver more savings for customers. We can help put solar out when it's needed and pull it back when it's not. This is where we all wanted to be. And like it or lump it, here we are.
1: There you go. we can going have to sort of change your company logo, I think. Um, you know, like we control you or we're smart and we're in control or something like that. That's um, Solar, Solar, Solar energy management. Solar energy management. <laughs> <laughs> You've already worked it out. There you go. Yeah. Well, look, that's pretty interesting, actually. So um, so from that point of view, I mean, I, I guess that – I guess the way to think about this, and it's interesting, we've had a couple of articles um, appearing in um, in Renew Economy and One Step Off the Grid in the last week, and um, yes, I this saw is those, kind yeah. of where we. we Really interesting discussion, actually, sort of people sort of saying, well, look, you know, this is where we're heading and look, the speed and the manner in which this sort of um, this was rushed in South Australia is is, is probably put to question, but um, people have sort of rationalised. But it was an interesting question. One was this is where solar needs to go to where it's sort of properly managed and, and stuff like that. But another one just sort of said, well, look, if you get too much regulation, then you're not going to get enough innovation. I mean, I guess you probably argue mm. that you're probably innovating as you're as you're regulating, but um, it is an interesting yeah, question. No, it... and I guess there is there is still this lingering fear that there is too much control and too much regulation and not enough innovation.
2: Yeah, look, you know, I was chatting with, uh, with another industry colleague last night actually and talking about South Australia and saying, you know, if you look at it in the context of the solar coaster, it's like you're on the sol, you're on the roller coaster, and you know when you're heading up to the top of the biggest ride, and it's going, and it's taking you up, and you're getting a bit nervous, and you know there's a precipice coming, and it's it's pretty terrifying and gut churning, and you know you're about to go flying down the other side, and you know all oh, hell's going to break loose. That's a bit what this is like now, but. As we were chatting last night, I I came up with another uh, analogy for this uh, around the regulations. And, you know, the regulations in Australia are more like the solar onion because we have layer upon layer upon layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of regulations, all kind of roughly trying to do the same thing. We've got VPP, we've got uh, DRM, we've got um, we've got export control. Uh, we've now got all the South Australian regulations, which add dynamic export control and low voltage ride through. We've got state regulations. So as a solar operator in Australia, you now have to deal with the solar onion, and there are a whole lot of layers to it. And that's a pretty shit way to do it, of course. But it is what it is. Um, so like, you know,
0: sounds,
1: scrap- sounds like we, sounds like we need a Tony Abbott to bite through that onion. <laughs> something, something. But uh, yeah, all I've, all my
2: only advice to everyone at the moment is, you know, make sure your seatbelt's tight um keep your sick bag at hand and you know hold on for the ride because we've all been through this before we've seen regulations come and go and and you know some of them end up being enforced more quickly than others and of course this is a this is a big issue for South Australia because one of the issues that a lot of customers have started asking and are going to continue to ask is what does this mean to me how how mm. how often are you going to turn my soul? who are these people who's a what's a mm. what's a relevant agent and what are they going to do to the system that I'm spending my hard-earned, um, um, you know, uh, money on. Uh, how often are you going to turn it off? How long might it be off for? Will I have control over that? All very, very reasonable questions, and all yet to be answered. And of course, you know, even that. Aemo. Well, even Aemo have um, have resisted. Um, you know uh, putting a hard number on it um, and you know when you look at what's happened in South Australia we we have seen events that have, have gone for quite a period of time the hope of course is that this it's it's kind of like insurance right it's it's one of those things that you hope you never ever have to use but you need it when you need it and that is exactly the case with the South Australian smarter uh, uh, smarter home scheme it's there in the event that you know, um, the crap hits the fan, and um, you know we need to roll back some some generation, or we need to pump up some some network voltage somewhere. It's there for those extreme scenarios. So, um, you know, it's very hard to know how often it will be used, or how long the duration of those events might be. Um, we're banking pretty much solar analytics. We're banking on the fact that customers want to make sure that you know they. Uh, have the impacts minimized, and that they can see exactly what's going on, and understanding understand what's going on, because you know we're in uncharted territory. So, you know that's that's mm. been our philosophy.
1: Um, uh, so, so yeah. How does, so so how, so how does your thing work? Is that just going to sort of what's that going to do? Is that just going to stop the exports? Is it going to dial them down? Is it going to shut them off completely? I mean, what's um what's your proposition to the solar householder?
2: Yeah, well, um there's kind of two key differences to it to what we've traditionally and historically done. Number 1, you don't need our hardware. Um we've traditionally had a really we've got an outstanding premium hardware solution that's incredibly versatile and flexible, but in this case you don't have to use it. Instead, what you can do is use the hardware that comes with the inverter. So most inverters have a communications dongle most inverters have a consumption meter. Uh, and indeed, you can actually get a whole lot of other information out of the inverter if you're lucky enough to get access to it. So instead of using our hardware, the big game game changer number one, don't need our hardware anymore. Uh, so that enables you to just get a standard solar system installed as long as it's a SunGrow. In our case, we're, we're hoping to do it with others. But for now, it's, uh, it's all about SunGrow. And as I said, they're, they're miles ahead of the rest of the pack from what we can see. And then we, the, the SunGrow... The SunGrow system sends the data up to the cloud. We grab the data from the cloud. And then when AEMO literally, the plan at the moment is they'll ring. That's, hi, Nige. It's AEMO. Can you, can you ramp those 10,000 systems down a bit for us on uh, Tuesday at 8 p.m. for, you know, an hour? Well, it won't be 8 p.m. It'll be 1 or 2 p.m. Can you just ramp them back a bit, make sure they don't export? Could you pull it back to, you know, maximum of X kilowatts or whatever it may be? And uh, we have to enact that within 15 minutes uh so it's literally literally a phone call we might get some warning and all of this stuff's got to be worked out how we're actually going to do it but this is actually what happens in the rest of the energy market giles of course it's you know signals are sent out to tell generators to ramp up or ramp down and so this is what i love about it is they're finally treating the millions of solar homes that are go in over the next few years potentially around australia assuming this rolls out which is very very likely they're treating us like a generator. They're just treating us the same way they treat other generators. And they're saying, okay, you need to be dynamic, you need to respond to grid events, you need to do this, you need to do that. And um and we want a centralized orchestration of that so that it's all centrally managed and controlled so that we can we can do what we need. But of course we're now doing it at a household level, Joels, which is, you know,
1: just super cool. Super cool. Fantastic. Fantastic. And hey, look, we're just going to take a quick break now for a message from one of our sponsors.
0: Clenergy is an Australian-founded enterprise providing innovative, high-quality solar solutions to the world. Clenergy's innovative approach and engineering expertise gives them a unique edge to create the right base framework for all solar applications. Their range of high-quality products and services include PV mounting, ground mounting products and solutions for residential, commercial and utility scale projects. Visit clenergy.com.au and find the right framework for your solar application.
1: And uh, we'd of course like to thank um, all our sponsors. Of course, um, Clenergy PV Cell and um, uh, Sunwiz and Solar Analytics. Nigel, um, anything else to wrap up on before we go? It's um, we've actually both got yes. pressing appointments. We've got pressing appointments. So we've got to, go, so we've, got to uh, we've got to get off air pretty damn quickly. We've got actually. to keep it short, got, sharp, um, sharp, and sweet.
2: Yeah, short sharp that's and possible, sweet. but I'll um, do my uh, best. Look. A little bit, just a, a little bit of good solar news. We haven't done any good solar news for a while, and and this was a really nice one that I just picked up on. Solar Vic, you know, there's a lot of challenges in Vic, as we know. There's been a lot of challenges with the Solar Vic solar scheme, but nonetheless, it continues on and is still available. One of the great things I picked up on, which was completely by accident, is that Solar Victoria partnered with uh, the Small Business Mentoring Service to provide mentoring to solar retailers and installers who are participating in the Solar Homes Program. So, one of the great spin-offs, and this is just one of those lovely little sort of uh, little spin-off benefits that you know, Solar Vic or that solar schemes can bring is that, you know, it's actually helping to provide business support and business mentoring for companies, particularly relevant when they're struggling so much at the moment. So I just think that's a a wonderful little initiative by Solar Vic and great to see some positive support for
1: Victorian solar businesses. Good stuff, no fantastic initiatives. That's uh, that's great, Nigel. Nigel, we're going to wrap it up now, I think, because um, we've both got to get out the door for various reasons, and uh, we'd just like to thank um, our audience um, once again, and of course our sponsors: um, Sunwiz Solar Analytics and Clinergy. And um, mate, um, good to hear. Congratulations to you guys for your um, timely and very prompt, um, you know, development of this um, this, this new um, this new energy management thing. it's, think... um, it's fantastic. <laughs>
2: I think frantic is the word you're looking for. Frantic. Frantic. <laughs> the last few weeks. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, you know, this is what you do, right? When these things come up, you know, you either dive in boots and all and go for it or you you sit back and panic. We've dived in boots
1: and all. So a little Not Well, good luck to you and good luck to all the installers out there and we'll be watching with fascination to see what happens over the next couple of weeks. We'll be back in a fortnight. And thank you, Nigel, and thank you, everyone. Bye for now.
0: Solar Insiders was brought to you by Clenergy, the providers of high quality mounting systems for residential, commercial and utility scale solar projects. With in-house engineering and projects divisions, Clenergy provides a unique edge with its expert advice. Let Clenergy find the right framework for any solar application. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by SunWiz, Australia's leading service provider to the solar and storage industry. SunWiz's new partnership with OpenSolar will amplify the value delivered by their world-leading solar software platform. Run your business at maximum velocity with pro setup, training and assistance. Visit sunwiz.com.au. Solar Insiders was also brought to you by Solar Analytics, designers and suppliers of smart solar monitoring. Visit solaranalytics.com.au, get empowered, and make the most of your home energy.